My name is Kevin Ward. I'm the program director of the Sports Animal Radio Network and ESPN in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm also the sports ministry deacon at the Park Church of Christ in Tulsa. I've been involved in radio sports for the better part of 30 years and have served as a deacon at the park for the past decade and at the Guthrie Church of Christ for many years before that. Suit Up has been prayed about for many, many years, and I believe it is inspired by the Spirit to tell faith stories from people involved in sports. I'm also thankful to the Park Church of Christ for believing in this ministry. Sterling Thomas played high school basketball, ran track, and played football at Union High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Not just an Oklahoma power, but generally nationally ranked each year. Sterling went to play college football in the St. Louis area, but not only was his freshman season altered abruptly, his entire life was turned upside down when his spinal cord was severed making a tackle. This podcast was recorded in November of 2018. It's time to suit up with Sterling Thomas. Sterling and I actually met, uh, he doesn't remember this, and I don't blame him, back when he was in high school playing football at Union High School radio station, the sports animal that I work for. Uh, We carried Union High School football on our station, and we carried them actually for five years, and those five years encompassed every year that Sterling played on varsity. Now, Sterling, you I know you started your senior year, which would have been 2012 season. Were you also a starter as a junior in, in 2011? No, my junior year I was actually injured. And my senior year was 2011. This football season was 2011. Okay. I graduated in 2012. Okay, okay. That makes sense. And Sterling also played with my son Cole in that uh, his senior season as well. Now, I wrote down some stats here from your senior year. I went back to Max Preps and, and looked them up. You had 51 total tackles. 40 of those 51 were solo tackles. Did you consider yourself a lockdown corner um, I like to say that for the most part. Um, some people call me the blanket because uh, there's a no-fly zone in my area, so I like to keep their reputation. Now, one of the stats they didn't keep were past breakups, and I don't know how often you know people threw to your side, but uh, did you keep those figures in your head? I did not, but I know I had a lot because a lot of them should have been interceptions, Oh, but I didn't have the hands for it, so <laughs> I did have a lot of pass breakups. That's that old saying, right? If, if you can't catch the ball, you put them on defense kind of thing. It's because you're, you don't have the reps. You're not going through catching a football over and over and over and over out of a gun like, like receivers are. But you guys did very well. Uh, you won the state championship in 2011, beating Broken Arrow in a thriller in Stillwater, Of course, a lot of people listening to this podcast won't know this, but people in Oklahoma will. Union is one of the predominantly um, talent-rich teams in the state of Oklahoma year after year, nationally known program. That particular year, you beat Broken Arrow, but it did. It looked pretty bleak. It was a fumble recovery late in the game on defense that was run in for a touchdown that preserved the victory. What do you recall about that state uh, championship game back in 2011? Um, I know it was a hard-fought game. Um, offense, they weren't able to do much. For some reason, they were hot all season, but in the state championship, they just weren't able to move, move the ball as well. So uh, we had a couple guys on defense that really stepped up, and um, Kobe Evans, he's a sophomore at the time, had two great turnovers. Uh, one put us in position in the red zone to score, and he ran the other one back for a touchdown, and that really put us in the position to win the state championship. 
So very successful senior season, winning the state title. And so thoughts turned to college football. And uh, you ended up playing college football at Lindenwood University in St. Charles up in the St. Louis area. What were some of the other schools that you were considering and, and why did you choose Lindenwood? Um, a couple other schools was UCO, um, University of Central Oklahoma, and Evangel. Um, Lindenwood was actually the first school to contact me. They were in St. Louis, and I thought I wasn't sure if I wanted to go that far. kind of want to stay in the three-hour range, uh, closer to home. And uh, I went to visit the other colleges and just want to keep my option, options open. And Lindenwood, they finally talked me into going up, and he said, we went, the recruiter at the time, he told me that, um, you come up here, you get to fall in love with the campus. And sure enough, I went up, took a tour, and I just I fell in love. And they're actually in a rebuild, rebuilding stage, and they got a new athletic department and things like that. And um, that's just a place I chose to be. They were transitioning out of NAIA, weren't they, into Division Two mm-hmm. at the time? And, and that was really happening all across the country with schools coming out of NAIA into Division Two. Was that a selling point for you? I know UCO was a Division Two school at the time. I don't know if Evangel was an NAIA school at the time that you were being recruited or if they were a D2. Um, yeah, Evangel was NAIA, and Lindenwood was going up. They told me that they're going to be in the division of uh, D2 and that kind of was a selling point for me. I wanted to be able to compete with um, greater athletes. It's interesting because uh, our our paths have seemed to uh, intertwine a lot and and is looking back at it that I go okay because my my son Cole we talked about him a minute ago he actually went to Lindenwood University uh, to play college football but he went to the other Lindenwood which is confusing for some people because there's the division two Lindenwood that you attended and then there's the NAIA Lindenwood which is actually in Belleville Illinois where Cole went to to play football and so he too went six hours away <laughs> his freshman year. So what was your family's thoughts on you going to St. Louis? Were they okay with that or would they rather have you been in Edmond? Um, they probably would have rather me have gone to Edmond, but they're excited for me either way. I'm just happy that I was able to be blessed enough to be able to compete um, on a higher level and have fun playing college football. Yeah. College football, I know for a lot of uh, young men, that's that's something that you always dream about and you're, and you're playing for when you start in peewee football all the way through, you know, junior high into high school. I know it was for, for Cole as well. So you get to Lindenwood. What was it that kind of shocked you about college football that, that maybe shocked you in a good way and also in a negative way? And, and this is what I mean. Union High School has facilities that are incredible, uh, from the weight room to the stadium itself to all the stuff you get, you know, as a player, you're just outfitted. A lot more than a lot of, of Division Two schools even have. Um, I knew that the St. Charles campus, well, when I went to Lindawood, um, there weren't much further away from what Union offered. Um, I knew that being a union, we were blessed and had a lot of amenities and facilities that other high schools didn't. Um, going to Lindenwood, the, facility, the facilities were, um, weren't far off from union, so I really didn't feel out of place. Yeah. So let's let's get right into that freshman year. I didn't look at your schedule. I'm going to have to have you walk that 
through for me and for the people listening to this podcast. Did you start right away as a freshman? No, I did not. I was actually uh, played special teams, and I was on a speed package that we used for defense. Okay. Uh, Folks who don't know Sterling Thomas, one of the reasons that I really wanted to talk to you is that um, October 27th, I think that was the date, Mm -hmm. uh, 2012 is when your life changed dramatically and it happened in a game now were you playing special teams when the hit came or were you uh in that speed package on defense i was actually on the base package um the guy ahead of me pierre desire he actually plays for the indianapolis colts now um he was on the sideline getting attended to and they put me in for a play while while he was uh getting looked at I know you've had probably replayed the play in your mind uh, a million times, you know, over the last six years. But tell us what happened on the play. Um, it kind of just seemed like a dream. Um, it, was, it seemed like there was a point where I was kind of watching what happened. Uh, I couldn't really tell exactly um, at the time what I was doing. It was kind of like I was watching someone else control my body. And, you know, it was just i was just doing my job uh the play started and the ball was thrown to the other side of the field and the receiver who caught the ball was running back towards my side of the field and i thought well this is a good opportunity opportunity for me to make the tackle and one thing i forgot about was the receiver that i was covering so when i was going to make the tackle on the ball carrier the receiver i was covering came and blocked me at the same time and that allowed my head to drop and um the tackle was just all wrong so as you were going in to make the tackle and the guy was blocking you you didn't see the impact coming until he had actually already hit you and and that changed the position of your head when you made contact with the receiver yeah I didn't actually um I didn't feel in control at all I just felt myself falling for some reason I I thought I, I thought I tripped or something and next time I was just on the ground and could not move it just seemed like everything were just happened in the right time for me to sever my neck. Were you knocked out initially? When did you come to? I felt knocked out for a while, um, but it must not have been long because the trainers came and uh, they started sending to me. I felt like I was in bed and someone just rolled me over and said, hey, it's time to get up. But um, apparently I was not gone for long. Um, they asked me if I could move my hands, my legs, and I said no, and they started bringing, bringing out the ambulance to put me on the stretcher. And I know there are times where people get what they call a stinger, and initially you may lose, you have some tingling and lose, you know, some some feeling or lose the ability to 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 use limbs. Was there an, a thought in your head that maybe that's all that that was at first was just a really bad stinger? Yes, yeah, so the first time I had a stinger was my senior year in high school. Okay, and it was pretty bad. It was I could not move my shoulder for about a week and that's what I thought I had just since I was playing bigger guys in college I just thought it was a little more severe so I'd be up in a few weeks let's go back to childhood tell me about your relationship with uh, Jesus and did you have one growing up before this accident happened in 2012 and then we can we can kind of go from there to see how your relationship with Christ has helped you emerge from the accident you're listening to suit up with Sterling Thomas 
We'll be back to finish this episode after this message. This is Mitch Wilburn, preaching minister at the Park Church of Christ, proud sponsor of Suit Up. I'd like to extend an invitation to you to join us for worship at the park. We're a Bible-based church that loves the Lord and loves people. We have one service on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and that's followed by classes for everyone from newborn to 100 years of age. The park sits on a rather large lot near the corner of Garnett and the Creek Turnpike and offers a Sunday evening service at 6 p.m., and Wednesday night we meet at 7 p.m. Our youth have their own building with multiple men and women leading them, and our kids age 1 to 5th grade have their own educational wing that even has its own working carousel and ice cream parlor. And I love both. Kevin, the host of this podcast, is in charge of our sports ministry that goes on all year round with basketball, volleyball, softball, great activities. So come see us at the park on the corner of Garnet and the Creek Turnpike or check us out on the web at parkplaza.org. Um, yeah, I've always had a relationship with Jesus. Um, I can remember all the way back to when I was little, my parents would take me and my brother to church every Sunday and every Wednesday, and we just learned just little things about Jesus and God and having and what faith was about. And I think that's something that um, I was able to carry all the way up to now and um, really helped me to progress in the situation I'm in. At home, what did your immediate family circle look like? It would be my mom, dad, and my brother. Okay. Who told you that you were going to be paralyzed from the waist down and never walk again? Um, No one actually told me that. Um, When I was in ICU, no one really explained to me what happened. It was just, we're going to take care of you for now, and then we're going to get you into rehab. We ended up going to rehab in Atlanta. Um, And it was in Atlanta that I went to a class, and they they showed a video of people in wheelchairs, and they talked about their injuries and said, I've been in a wheelchair for 10 years, and um, just explain how their life is now, and that kind of uh, took me by shock, and I was like, is that going to be me? Am I not, not going to walk for 10 years plus or ever again? And that just um, really hit me hard. I was telling someone about you coming up and us having this conversation, and they were like, oh, so like like Dennis Bird. And I said, well, sort of. I said, now, Dennis Bird ended up walking again at some point in his life. I don't know because you and I haven't had that conversation. Is there a chance that you will be able to walk again? Um, yeah, definitely. I think there is a, a chance for anyone to walk again. Um, the probability maybe isn't as high as other people as for other people as it would be um, some. But, yeah, I think with God and faith, it is a possibility. Let's go back to Atlanta, Sterling, and tell me about what you went through. You know, were you pulling away from God at the time, or were you getting closer? What was that relationship like? Um, it was kind of like a love-hate relationship. Um, after finding out what happened to me, um, I just kind of locked up. I didn't want to do anything. Um, I didn't want to do rehab. I said, God would not allow this to happen to me. Um if he loved me, I wouldn't need this. I wouldn't need rehab to get back to where I am. He would bless me with it. And so, um, and I was being kind of childish and, and believing that way. But um, after figuring out that it's going to take my effort to um, 
to be able to progress, then that's kind of when I started to wake up and be more active in my rehab. So do you feel like now, six years later, that you have a pretty good grasp on maybe um, God allows this to happen to you for some greater cause, or, or is that even a thought? I do believe that God allows things to happen to people for a greater cause. Um, something I like to look back on is, um, you know, the example of his son and the things that he allowed happen to him. But look at what's been done after that, um, who he died for, um, you know, for for our sins and what we've done. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, God allows things like this to happen um, to good people, to bad people, because there's a bigger picture that's going to be bigger than them. So, obviously, the, your, your love of football uh, hasn't waned because when we were setting up this interview uh, and this podcast will be heard well after the fact, but you wanted to make sure it wasn't going to eat into you watching your Kansas City Chiefs play football tonight, and I can appreciate that. Do you feel like there's a disconnect though for you and and the game because of being in the wheelchair now or have has your love of the game grown even more um i've i tried not to like it um you know football it's it's been a part of me almost my whole life uh before i started playing um i, I always wanted to play and so when i started playing i just loved it i um stopped playing other sports just so i can focus on football and so after my injury i kind of just I kind of want to separate myself, separate myself away from it. But, um, you know, just going through life, it wasn't really possible because um, I've had coaches want me to come talk to the football teams. And, um, you know, when I catch games on TV, it's just it takes me back to memories of when I was on the field. And so, um, you know, I just learned to accept it and learned that, um, you know, I can still, you know, have some kind of positive feeling towards it, even though it's a. Uh, kind of betrayed me in a way knowing what you know now if the choice was given to you you can either never play football or repeat what you went through was that an easy choice not to play football um well knowing that i know now or knowing what i know now um no i wouldn't play football um not just because of what happened to me but just from all the research coming from concussions and things like things like that, it's just it's just not worth it to me. And so um, you only get one body, and um, I'd like to take care of it. Let's move on now to push, push, pray. Reading about your foundation online, it seems like a wonderful foundation. When did you come up with the idea for the foundation? Um, I came up with it a few years ago. Um, when I started rehab, you know, I really didn't have any worries besides how I'm going to control my attitude and my effort during rehab. And I kind of took that for granted. And as I um, went through rehab and I met people, I realized that they weren't as blessed as I was to um, have the funds or even just um, afford rehab sessions, physical therapy sessions um, that I had. And they went home with a lack of knowledge that could have really helped them in life. And so I wanted to be able to, um, you know, kind of share uh, the thing, the blessings that I had and 
educate people and uh, get them the, the equipment or things that they need to help them progress and get back to um, their life. So how many years has the foundation been going now? We became official in 2016. Okay, so at least a couple of years now. So if, if folks out there listening to this podcast want to be able to help Push Push Pray, how can they go about doing that? They could go to pushpushpray.org. Um, there's information about donating. Um, we have T-shirts for sale um, that can not only be something fun to wear, but also help spread the word. And I appreciate the fact that Pray is in there. You and I both go to the Park Church in Tulsa, and one of the things I love about that church is that prayer is everywhere, and it is preached, and it is offered up, and and I follow that, and I believe in that, and so that's big for me, and obviously it's big for you. It's in the name of your foundation. What is your prayer for you? I mean, when you look at the next, let's say, five years from now, how are you praying that your life will be different? For so long, I've just been praying for full heal, healing over my body. Um, not only that, but I just ask God that I can um, use what I've gone through to help other people and um, not just fix my problems, but help me to um, go through them just like a storm, not just clearing away, clearing, clearing away the clouds, but um, helping embracing it and um, grow in that way. When uh, people ask you to come and talk to their team, what is it that you what is you what do you say to them? I just talk about perseverance, um, not giving up. Um, that's something that you know I learned way back playing a union. Um, you know, being down a few minutes left, fourth quarter state championship. Um, you know, not giving up. You know, something could something could happen, and that's why I like to tell football teams about. Um, controlling the attitude and the effort because that's um, really the only two things that they have full control over. And so perseverance and attitude and effort is something that I like to push when I talk to teams. Is there a scripture or or a book or a chapter that you kind of cling to um, out of the Bible? Is there something in particular that just runs through your mind a lot? So my, ba- my favorite Bible verse way before I was even injured, was Philippians 4.13. Um, part of the reason could have been because my mom had a poster above our toilet in the bathroom with that verse on there, but um, that's always been something that I h- held on to um, all the way through up through high school and college just because um, I can do all things through Christ, whether it's um, something that I intend for myself or something that he wants me to do, um, it'll be done through him. I appreciate the fact that you're praying for a complete healing, and I will pray that prayer for you from now on too, Sterling. We know that God can do it. That's the thing. We know God can do anything. He's made cripples walk. We've read about it. And so we know that he can do that. Now the question becomes, we know he can. Why isn't he doing that for me? And I think that is obviously this the thing that you've been wrestling with for six years now and maybe not wrestling as much anymore because you it's, it seems to me like you have have kind of grabbed hold of okay th- this is where i am 
how is God going to use me today? Because, you know, the thing is, Sterling, you're no different than me. How am I, how is God going to use me today? One of the things that I have prayed about for many years is this podcast. How is God going to use this podcast? Not me. I'm just a vehicle to get the message out. You're the one with the story. Key would be, okay, but I've got to accept where the Lord has me today. How's he going to use me today? I will also pray for push, push, pray, and the success with that foundation. I will make this pledge to you, Sterling, that whatever I can do to help that foundation, I'm going to do. I appreciate that. Listen, I appreciate your time and opening up about something I know it's hard to talk about. Um, I hope that every October 27th is uh, is easier for you. And at some point, maybe you get married on October 27th. Are you, you for that? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. Okay. All right. Sterling announced to his home congregation in Tulsa that he is going back to school at Lindenwood in mid-January of 2019. Sterling has learned to move himself in his wheelchair and has a custom pickup truck that he can also drive himself. We wish many blessings on Sterling. We encourage you to help his foundation, pushpushpray.org. I also encourage you to download this podcast from podbean.com, and we would also love it if you would give us a five-star rating.